Good afternoon. Welcome to the FishCast. My name is Corey Long. Cover college football for college football recruiting, college football evaluations for WalterFootball.com. And I'm also a columnist for Saturday Down South and Saturday Tradition. Joined, as always, by the leader of this ship, Charles Fishbein. How you doing, Fish? Doing good, man. Doing good. And, of course... Joined by the always always charismatic former defensive backs and special teams coach at Florida State and Hawaii and Rutgers, Coach Demo. How you doing, Coach Demo? Very good, Corey. Good to you be you with told you. me not to mention your name anymore, so we're just going to call you Coach Demo from now on in. That's, that's it. That's good. Excellent. Got a great guest. We have an amazing guest. Always the most prestigious guest stopped by the Fish Cast, and today. I think today we're filling in like a fan favorite. I think if you had to ask like fan base, who's one guy that they want to hear from? Because they just want to know what his secret to success is. And they said, well, we want to hear from Penn State running backs coach Jawan Cedar. And I was like, I can get Jawan Cedar on. I just You should have asked me earlier. But we're here right now. And we got Glad Jawan to be on, man. Gotta Cedar on. Last name right coach Cedar. Happy to have like you on. Why did I thought you Riddell always pronounces it Cedar. Like, he didn't even call you by your first name. He doesn't he pronounce your first name. He calls you Jaywan. He just called you Jaywan. Do you notice that? Hey, it you is got Jay. It you, is Jaywan. Hey, listen. It's a, he says Jaywan. No. You want to talk to Jaywan? Like, he says, like, he just pronounces it so high. Hey, so it's a, hey coach, it's a privilege if, if he butchers your name. It took like eight episodes for him to get Fishbine right. He was calling me Fish Bean and Demo. Forget it. We just we just went straight to Demo because Corey couldn't get his right either. So. I got his name right. Demo, I, I feel your pain, side. brother. I feel you. So cider. So it's cider. It's like the uh, drink, like cider. That's right. Everybody okay. needs cider. cider. Like. I apologize, Coach Cider. Absolutely. We're glad to have you on, Coach Cider. Absolutely. A lot of fans have been asking about you, Coach Cider. They want to know everything that you've done. They see, you know. Your amazing talents as a running backs coach, your amazing talents as a recruiting coordinator, uh, as a recruiter in general, and very excited to have this, uh, very excited to have you on. Um, I, I want to start from the beginning. You're a product of the, the Florida high school football system. You were quarterback at Glade Central uh, in the early 90s. You play with guys like Fred Taylor and your aforementioned cousin, Riedel Anthony. Uh, tell me a little bit about playing in the muck in the early 90s what it was like what it was like in that in that 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 uh, boiling pot of demand and win you got to win at the muck well it was you said it right it was demanding um I think what made us different was we didn't grow up wanting to be at Penn State Miami Florida Florida State we grew up feeling like if we can play at Glade Central we feel like we can play anywhere you know it's a pride history a tradition uh, where everybody's involved in the community. Um, you, you never want to let the community down. You know, the uncles that sit at the gate, you know, it's really like one of those movies, you know, the, the tradition speaks for itself. You know, it's one of the winners program in, in all of high school football. Uh, I think we produce as many NFL players in any school in the country from a small area. Um, it, it just, you know, it was a pride and passion about being part of the community that Nobody really wanted us, you know, we, we outside of Palm Beach, so we out there by ourselves, you know, and, you know, just a hardworking community that, you know, people go into the fields, either work in the school system, you own your own business, uh, you work in the hospital, 
or you work in the mills, you know, the sugar mills, the corn mills, the fields, you know, is is a way of life, and uh, which made us hardworking people, you know, and we was pride people, you know, and, and we wanted to represent our community. Coach, I'm gonna jump in. I'm not joking when we say this, but every time a job opening at Florida State or Miami comes open, I, I get a ton of calls and, and ask questions on message boards about you. I, I Honestly, I think you're at the top of the list of coaches that, hey, can we get this guy to our school? And, you know, I think that says a lot about, you know, you came from the bottom as far as coaching. You started at the high school level. What, you know, tell us a little bit about what makes you, I, I think you're one of the top recruiters. You know, you, you do a great job. I've seen you work um, down here. I've seen, you know, what you've been able to do. What makes you so good at what you do as far as recruiting? Uh, not only state of Florida, but you, you you could you could go in anywhere. We talked about this with Demo that you could basically go into any state and recruit. But what makes you have so much success in a state like Florida? Well, if I tell you, fish, then I give away my secret. <laughs> I I don't think. No, hey, listen, I, you could give the recipe up to other people. There's something in you that, like I said, you could hand somebody the playbook and it won't matter. You know, I, you you are good at what you do, and there's a reason for it. So I think it's just connecting with people and being honest, being real. Um, it's a lot of people that salesmen, and I don't try to come off as a salesman. You know, I, when I first got in this job, I didn't think I would be a good recruiter because I went good at all the BS of telling people what they want to hear. You know, I believe that's why you are, though, coach. I believe in telling the truth. You may not want to hear it. And I'm going to tell a kid, I can't do some of the things other people can do. I'm going to be honest with you. And, 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 you know, if that's what you're looking for, then you're looking for the wrong guy. You know, I think I do a good job with the parents, um, the grandparents, the community. Um, I think it's a lot of trust with me and the, the people from down south and the places I've been because um, they know I do things the right way. And I, I just think it's the, the it goes the whole way, Fish, is just outworking people, you know, and I, I had a guy who came in my life being a coach. My dad was a coach at Glade Central, head coach, and I learned from him. But also having a guy like Doc Holliday in my life who recruited me at West Virginia, uh, he showed me the relationship that a coach and a player can have, uh, not only as a player out of high school, but even when I was a high school coach, he came and got me out of Glade Central again to come coach college football. You know, And that showed me, okay, that's the type of relationship I want to have when I get in this profession. I'm truly saying that it's more than just football. You know, I'm going to be there for you through the, through the thick and thin. So, you know, I had great people in my life from Doc um, as a great recruiter, a great head coach, great motivator. Um, being able to go to West Virginia, learn under Dana Hogus and being one of the best offensive mind there is uh, in all college football. And then, you know, then spend a lot of time with McElwain, but I thought was a brilliant mind too. Uh, with that year, just being with him uh, down in Florida, I know things didn't go the way it's supposed to, but been able to be around him that time. I learned a lot from him. And then now being with James Franklin, argu arguably, in my opinion, one of the best leader of men and kids I've ever been around. Um, you know, the most organized guy I've ever been around, um, who gets it, is, is more than football with him and better learn from him been a tremendous opportunity for me. Um, and this kind of goes back to connect with people that kind of align with, with your philosophy and where you want to grow in life. You know, I've been around a great recruiter, learn how to recruit around a great offensive mind, learn how to call plays. And now I'm being in around a head coach that I think is good as anybody in college football. So, you know, checking the box in your steps on how you want to grow has been a tremendous opportunity for me. And, and I've been fortunate. I haven't had to look for a job. You know, I think 
you know, people putting good words out there for me and me doing a good job where I'm at and uh, being committed and being loyal to the places that I'm at. I think that's been huge in my process. Well, Coach, listen, it's it's great to have you on the show. I, I know I met you a couple years ago. I think it was at Dwyer High School with McKinley yeah. Rowe a couple springs ago. It was yeah. an honor to meet you because I love guys that can recruit, and you're definitely at the top of the list. Uh, you know, I'm friends with your head coach. It goes back to 1993 when he was the quarterback at East Stroudsburg University, and I was a <laughs> secondary coach. That's how far it goes back. And, and you know, for legendary hey, head mother. coach, Denny Dows. Hey, so you should I, be your age, Demo. I'm showing my age, man. I'm showing my age. He was a player and I was a coach. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, 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 I say this. Unless you've been to the Muck Bowl, when Glade Central plays Pahokee, you ain't seen a high school football game. You ain't seen one. You know, I've been around guys like Garland Heath and, and Pop Beckford and, and then guys like Anquan Bolden and, and, and Deuce Smith, you know, uh, excuse me, um, Anton Smith. I've been around a lot of those games. I've been to those games. It's just special. And you're from a special place, man. And that's why you are who you are. And I think Nick hit the nail on the head about recruiting is you got to be real. You, you, you can't answer all the questions. You can't be blowing smoke. You just got to be real. And when the players engage in that, they know they're going to somebody that's going to take care of them, you know, whether it be you or your head football coach. But there was a stigma for a little while. Oh, it's hard to get players to Happy Valley. It's hard to get them there. You're getting them from all over the place now. And I was just wondering if you could touch on a little bit that the success you guys are having, and particularly yourself, and how you're getting players from all over, not just that little states that are touching Pennsylvania, but all over the country. Kids are starting to get excited about Happy Valley. Well, I think, you know, when you when you talk about Penn State, you're talking one of the Blue Blood programs. You know, it's, it's one of those Alabama programs. It's one of those LSU. It's one of those Georgia. It's, it's one of those programs. Um, it, it, it took steps with James opening up and saying, hey, you know, our footprint's a little bit different. You know, um, we hire different coaches that got different backgrounds. Because with coaching, it's all about putting guys where they're comfortable at, where, where you can go be successful recruiting at, right? Some guys can go anywhere. They can be a committee. Some guys only can recruit the area they're from. So you got to know your strength and weakness or your staff. Um, you don't hire me if you don't think you're going to Florida. Point blank. Right. <laughs> you don't have to get a lot. You just got to get a few, man. That different makers that we don't have that year in Pennsylvania. You know, Pennsylvania was one of those top five states at one time. You know, the landscape has changed a little bit. I think a lot of people moving out south. You know, when the when the when the steel mills closed. So, you know, this year has been really fruitful for us in the state. You know, the last few years hasn't been as great. So sometimes you got to tap into deep resources. You know, you you try to compare us. Who's the standard right now that we chase? You know, we, we've been competitive with Ohio State, but what they do a great job. They don't just stay in Ohio. They go plug from Florida. They go plug from Texas. They go plug from California, which in Michigan, the same type of school. Pennsylvania been more of a regional school. So now I'm in the branch out in different places, you know, kind of helping us patch in those areas, you know. And, and I always tell people, I know I'm a little biased because I'm from Florida, but it's the best state in football foot, when it comes to producing football players. And people can argue all you want. But it's, not. It's, it's not close, right? It's a competitive nature that you're born with being in Florida. And, and, and it's hard for people to understand that until you get people on your staff that know the kids and you decide to invest into it. They think the kids are cocky and this and that. They're not. They just got an edge because they've been told they had to compete for everything their whole life. And once you understand that you unlock that, you're going to get some of the most loyal kids in the world, right? Can you get too many at one time? No, you got to be careful unless you're in Florida, but you can get the right ones. And we've been strategic on who we target and which ones that fit us. 
you know, we're in an area now where Big Ten back in the day was, you know, you play eight-man boxes, right? You, you line up with a tight end and fullback, and you line up with a 4-3 box linebacker, stack, stack defense with a safety roll down because you're going to play smash my football. Well, the game now is – now the game is spread out, right? And what area do they produce the best skill players? Well, Florida. You know, these guys play seven-on-seven seven year-round now. Um, so they know how to guard people. They know how to catch balls. They know how to live in those moments. And a lot of times that's what separate the South kids from some of the kids of North. They know how to live in those moments and it's not too big. <laughs> for them. So we had to tap into that. And uh, we've been doing a good job of trying to, you know, get our toes down there in Florida. And, you know, Coach Frank has been 100% behind it because that that's the key. When your head coach behind it, you know, I heard you, had, you guys had Tom Allen. They're doing a great job down there plugging Florida kids, you know. So we had to dive into it, too, and it's been really helpful for us. You know, Virginia been great for us. The DMV been really good for us. And so just trying to get those kids is going to help us, you know, get that 1% better. Yeah, you know, I'm going to jump in. You know, the one thing is, too, at Penn State, you probably or other coaches, you know, Coach Franklin being at different schools, you have to – get the people at that school used to that Penn State's a national brand and you don't want to just pigeonhole yourself. Oh yeah, you do very well in New Jersey and you do well in the PA area, but you don't have to get every single kid from that area. And for you guys to compete for a national championship, you're going to have to expand that recruiting net of where you go. And, and, you know, one of the things that makes Florida, why I think you're such a great recruiter in Florida and I'm going to keep saying it and Demo's very he's great too, is you guys, you brought it up. You have to go after these kids and show them that love. And, and some guys are intimidated that they, you, you, you put in a lot of hard work recruiting these kids in the state. And then when they get on campus, you got to give them pretty much everything because once you do that, the, what you get back is tenfold. And that's okay. the one thing that makes, you know, you, you want to go after those kids and, and people paint these kids down here with such a, a wide brush but you brought it up, you know, what, you know, with these kids, you've, you've have now you've brought these kids into Penn state and they're having success. What, like, has it, has it leaked over to some of your, your other coaches on your staff, even that maybe, Hey, I want to go down there now and, and, and go down there and recruit with you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we got a few coaches now recruit Florida. We got our receiver coach up in Jacksonville, uh, outside linebacker, special team coach, got Got I-4 down the Daytona area. Um, we got Terry Smith, our cornerback coach over there in Tampa, Pinellas, all the way down. Because um, I told Coach, I can recruit Florida. I can't recruit the whole Florida. Sometimes these guys don't realize how big Florida is. There is South Florida, Treasure Coast on down to Dade County, and then there's the other part of Florida. So it's, it's it's you know, fish. I mean, it's spread out so much. And I keep when I first got here, every time a kid popped up from Florida, they were sending me. I said, Coach, I can't cover all that area. You want me to recruit Virginia, Pennsylvania, and I said it's too much. We gotta, we gotta spread the net. And, and you think about, I remember this. Um, I remember when Iowa was really good. You know, Brad Banks from my high school backed me up at quarterback. They did a great job recruiting Florida. I mean, they went down to Tampa. They were down in Brayton. They had a lot of kids. They had Abdul Rock. Hodge. Abdul yeah, Hodge I mean, came from. You know, the, they did the a great job, and that was the whole selling point. Those guys come down here and they getting the right kids, the right fit. Because like anything with with anything, right? It's all about the fit, right? What are you trying to what you trying to accomplish, right? Your system. Does a kid fit your system? How many five star players um, fizzled out because they didn't go to the right system? How many first round draft pick back in the days didn't go didn't fizzled out because they didn't go to the right system or it was too complicated? Um, 
So I think all of those got to play a factor in what are you trying to come to? What are you trying to go? And being smart, you know, and smart recruiters are, and DMARC can kind of test it. You got to know when you're in it and you got to know when you're out of it. And you got to leave your, one thing good about me, I can leave my ego out of it. I know when I'm in good with a kid, I'm not in good with a kid. And you got to cut, you got to be able to coach, you got to cut your losses. And coaches can't get offended when a kid make a decision that's best for them. You know, and I always tell everybody, I'm always afraid. Like South kids from Florida will leave state of Florida. If you look at the history right now, the ones that are leaving a lot, a lot of the ones are being successful. It's only so many kids. It's only so many kids can go to so many schools, right? You only got so many allotment of scholarships every year. And 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 if you work at it and you do your part and sell that kid on on a vision of your program, how you're going to help that kid be successful, not just on the field, but off the field. Because I believe this is more important than anything. The relationship off the field with a kid is more important than the relationship on the field. Because if you got that right, that kid going to win. You're going to win with that kid. He's going to win for you. And I think that's where people drop the ball at. Because the old dictatorship, when you got to show up and you better be on time and this and that, that don't work no more. You're going to be a dinosaur. You're going to be out this league really fast. And as coaches, we better be able to adapt and win these kids over, you know, not that dictatorship no more. It ain't where you just got to show up. I can cut you and I can bring somebody else in. This ain't NFL where you got free agents. You got to coach the guys you have and you got to win your room. And James do a great job here being a head coach of your room. If you're a good head coach of your room, you're going to have a successful room. And I think that's very important. Yeah. You know, the one thing, one thing on with coach Franklin, though, you just brought, you know, brought that up. Listen, I, I remember coach, all the way back to his Kansas State days. Uh, I met him at Vanderbilt. I, every place he's been, the one thing is he's never changed. I mean, he is the same person I met 20 years ago that he is now. He didn't get this job, and all of a sudden, he's too big time to talk to me now. I've seen that with guys that are in this business. You know, they, they move up that chain, and all of a sudden, you're not important anymore. Like, he will sit and talk. I don't care what camp you're at. He will sit and take the time to talk to you. And I think that's why he has so much success and why people will send their kids there because they trust him. There's that relationship. You, 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 like I said, I, I'm very impressed. Like no matter where he's been, he's always sat and taken the time to speak with me, whether he was just a position coach to now being a head coach, he gives you that time and respect. And that's why I feel he does such a great job. He just, he's real, you know, and, and, we get in this profession and we think we got to change who we are. You know, you got to be a certain way because I'm a head coach. I'm going to say, man, be the same person you was raised to be. Treat people with respect. Treat people how you want to be treated. And that's what Coach Franklin is. He's going to speak to you. He's going to open doors for you. He's going to be present when you walk in that building. If it's a recruiting, I've never been on a head coach who's more present on a recruiting weekend than been with Coach Franklin. From the day you walk in to the day you leave, you're going to know who the head coach is. And I, I think that's very important. That's speak volume of who he is as a person and his reason why I'm attracted to working for him. Yeah, I, I think you're correct. You know, Penn State got the right guy, in my opinion. You know, he's a Pennsylvania guy. However, he's been all over the place. So he brings that, that knowledge from everywhere he's been. And he's not afraid to go outside and recruit. Matter of fact, I just ran into him not too long ago up at East Stroudsburg, matter of fact, at, a, at one of the uh, spring practices. I mean, that's what he does. He goes back to his alma mater. It's the kind mm -hmm. of guy he is. So, and with you being a running back coach, I always believe you can't have enough running backs. I mean, they're the special players. And I always believe that even if they, for one, for whatever reason, they didn't make it at running back, they could play any other position on the field. Some of the best DBs I ever coached were ex-running backs. But I never believed you could have enough of them. You, you got to recruit the heck out of running backs. They're special kind of guys. 
Um, the question I have for you, um, with the introduction of the NIL and the transfer portal, has it changed the landscape of recruiting for you, the way you do things, or is it just a, a standard operating procedure? I think you got to be both. You know, I think you got to be able to adapt. I mean, again, we talked about you got to be a chameleon right now to 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 all the changes. Like these kids are got more power than ever. They make more money than ever, and they should, right? I don't I don't want to take that for granted. But also, you got to be prepared that you're going to have kids leave your program, and so you better have the right amount of depth. So when a kid do leave, whether it's early for the NFL or a kid feel like he ain't he ain't playing early, you know, because a lot of times it sometimes it's not the kids. Sometimes our parents, they want what's best for us. They can't sit back and, 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 and let the process take its, take its course. Nobody can redshirt anymore, right? You got to, it's a right now mentality, you know? So I use example, like we had, when I got here, I had Miles Sanders. Miles had barely played. It took Miles year three. And that year three, he blew it up. Now he was a, he's a second round draft pick by the Eagles, made the Pro Bowl in the second year. You know, two years later, we get a kid named Jerry Brown, who nobody thought would play turn this kid into a household name, you know, it, it took year three. Like I tell all these kids, sometimes you might be at the right place at the right time. It might be right now. It might be two, three years. Now your time come, you know, you're talking about having enough depth at the running back. room. I tell my guys every spring, I'm going out to replace you. Your job is not to let me replace you. So if I replace you, I got, we either got better or you got worse or we built a great room and made you, understand you got to compete every day for what you have. And that's my job as a coach is I got, I owe the coach Franklin, I owe the Penn State in this program to make sure we got the best players we can have in that room. You know, you talking about depth, you know, last year, beginning of the year, we probably had the best running back room in the country. In my opinion, lose journey Brown to a heart condition. This kid can't play no more football. Probably going to be a first round draft pick. He's 5'11", 225, running 4'2". He was a freak. He was just coming to his own. Last time he touched the ball, he had 200 some yards in the bowl game. We lose him before the first game versus Indiana. Indiana, the other kid, Noah Kane, I think maybe an NFL draft pick, he break his foot the second play of the game versus Indiana. So you lose two of the best running backs in college football. It completely changes who you are. We got a new OC. We had no spring practice. Um, I had to get two young freshmen ready from Florida. Kevon Lee from St. Pete and Kazai Holmes from Owen Coco. You know, they come in a room thinking, hope I can get some scraps. The next thing you know, these kids got to start. <laughs> and it took a while to understand. I kept trying to tell them, like, I don't, nobody understand COVID. It could be game one. It could be game six. Got those kids up to speed late in the year. We took some lumps early that nobody thought we would take. Um, got those kids to play. We go up and win four games in a row. Those kids start running the ball. I think he only had 145 yards going to Michigan in the big house. You know, so you got to have depth. You know, and we t and you said, Demo, those kids that can play running back that may transition to DB or linebacker. Michael Parson was a linebacker. You know, you should see that joker go and practice every day. Like he can read the holes like a running back. He know when you're trying to move him off the spot to get a back gap. The next thing you know, he's there to meet you at the hole. So, I think those things go. They valuable, man. That that you can play hand in hand on both sides of the ball with. Well, you killed my next. You killed my next question. I'm sorry, Corey. <laughs> I was going to ask you about. Keziah Holmes, and, and you know, I, I really liked him when he was coming out of Coca. You talk about, I like guys that are versatile. I thought he could also have been a corner or safety in college. And also Kayvon Lee, who's another versatile kid, could have played uh, linebacker. How are they progress? How'd they progress this spring uh, with a, a full spring and heading into fall? What, what are your thoughts of both kids and your expectations of what they're going to do this fall? Well, we had really good conversation at the end of the season. 
you know, we talk about their progression, you know, because I, you said it was an athlete learn to play running back and all the things he need to work on from blocking to, to trusting his ability, you know, put on a little weight too fast. And, you know, he, you know, he got, he slowed down a little bit. So we talk about off season, trimming his body back, right. Getting his speed back, right. Kevon didn't even play a single year of football. He played like one game. So trying to get him up to speed and realize how, how much football smart this kid had. I mean, he came into his own. I mean, he really, when he started playing well for us, we took off. And to watch him, I think we timed him in a 4-7-40 when he got here. After the spring game, we, these gave him like five days off. We timed him at 6 at 2.30. So you're talking about the progression this kid made and, you know, the playing as a true freshman and watching both of these guys develop this offseason. And for the first time, both of these guys were having summer. They didn't have summer last year because it was taken away because of the COVID. So I'm really impressed with their progression and where they're going, the next steps in, in the game of football leading to this year. And, and uh, it's going to be a competitive fall camp. It's going to be a very competitive fall camp. Coach, I wanted to, you know, you mentioned COVID, and I wanted to jump on that a little bit. As someone who, you know, by your own admission, you know, loves 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 to recruit, loves to do it in person, be around the coaches, the players, that was taken away from you for about 16 months. How were you able to adjust? What were the adjustments that you made to kind of still bring the recruits, the you know, and a co the coach cider? presentation but you weren't able to do it in person with them and get that you know and kind of get the things that you there's only certain things you can do on a zoom call that you you know you really need that one-on-one -on -one time how are you able to adjust in that and change the way you recruited prospects well i think you we, we got a tremendous recruiting staff you know they did a great job having video set up uh, presentation on school presentation on presentation on nutrition weight staff coaching staff player positions um, you had to be, you had to adapt, you know, you can't use an excuse that, you know, I'm not on the road because everybody got the same excuse, right? Couldn't get kids on campus. But the beauty of technology is, is we was able to do a crash course learning on how to use Zoom and get everything situated where you can still have meetings. Because at the end of the day, when I can present to a kid on what Penn State is about, I can still show them what football is about, um, you know, how we produce. I'm speaking at my position, we're running back. I'm still here. The proof is in the pudding on what we do at the position and success we had and made to show them how they can fit in our system, you know, and, and, and let them know that, you know, it's still an up trajectory on where we're going with this program. And for me, I go back to this, Corey, like I'm big, like Fisher tell you, like when I'm down south, I'm at practice. I'm at every practice. I don't, I don't, like I know like Miami, not in Miami, right? You go to Booker T, Central, Northwestern on the same day. They do a great job stacking their practice. One may start at 3.30, one may start at 5, one may start at 6, so you can get to all those practices. I'm going to be at all those practices, and I'm, got, I'm not going to be done until they're done. If it's 8 o'clock, it's 8 o'clock. I'm not going to be one of them lazy recruiters. I want to see. I want to see that kid in a competitive situation. Is he going to fold? Is he going to rise to the top? How do he lead the guys around him? Do he bring the best out of him or he bring the worst out of him? I need to know those answers because when I put my name on you and I bring you to a program, I got to know I can account with you because – you're an extension of me now, whether I coach you or not. So when I put my name on you, I want to make sure I'm sure. Because you, as a coach, you take pride on not having a lot of bust, right? I don't want to say a kid a bust if the kid is not being successful and it's easy for them to get up and quit now. 
So you want to make sure you bring that kid in a situation that's at that takes it for both of them, for not only for the kid, but also for you as a program. And so like, I, I think being able to see those kids in those situations, learn how they compete, is even, it's, to me, it's more important getting the kid in camp sometimes. I want to see a running back run between the tackles. Anybody can look good on a bag. You know what I mean? I want to see that linebacker come downhill. Do he share a block and go make the play in the backfield? Or he's just a guy that's going to show me a highlight. He can drop step and come up and make a play in open field. You know, those things are important. I want to see a quarterback take a drop. I want to see that quarterback lead in practice. I want to see, can he take control when the coach is off the field? Can he, can he lead a team? Can he motivate a team to drive him? You know, so like I, I like I remember recruiting, winning, recruiting Cato. You know, everybody says, look, kid, skinny kid out of Miami Central when he was at Marshall. I thought he was the best quarterback in college in high school football. And I still say he's probably the best quarterback in college football. Man, that kid was a winner. I mean, I saw him beat Teddy Bridgewater in high school. I saw him, we went to Louisville and beat Louisville with him as a as a young kid at Marshall. You know, he was just this 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 little 185-pound guy, but, man, his fire for football, man, he it was infectious. He made everybody around him want to get better. And that's what, to me, was that was that's that's what I wanted to see when I went to watch practice. Well, Corey, you know, Coach, I, you could go. I, I, real quick, it's great. I, I, I was fortunate enough to be out to Happy Valley when that place is packed and there's a whiteout. And then you couple that with a great recruiter like yourself. It's a recipe for success. You know, when you get those kids there and they see that and you're a good recruiter and you're on top of it. Um, I'm very much like you. I need to be in person. I need to feel. I need to touch. I need to see. I can only do so much on video. I really need to see and feel. So my question to you is how much do you use the kids if you've already recruited to, to, to Penn State or wherever you've been? How much do you use them to help you in the recruiting process? To me, Demo, I think um, it's important. Like I, I use this example, all right, I'm going to stay in my area, like running backs. When I get those kids on the campus, I want my guys around me because they know my culture, my room. I want them to say, hey, coach, this kid's a great fit. He's not a great fit. That's important to me because if he don't fit with those guys in that room, he's not going to be successful because they're going to run him out of it. And so to me, that's very important. Like getting approval of your kids and your program, especially when you're in a program like here, we're used to winning. Like they know who's the right fit, who's not the right fit. And sometimes even turn out a great player, he may not be the right fit here. You know what I mean? Every, everybody different. He might be more of a city guy than a country guy. He's going to be a pain. He's going to be a kid who always want more gear. It's never good enough. So like is that kid worth the headache bringing in your program? I always tell a kid, like I tell a coach this all the time, if you're going to be a headache, you better be worth the headache. If I'm going to get up early in the morning with you for the stuff you're doing, you better be worth it. And, and I think that's important with your program and the kids that you have in your program, Demo. So I, I agree. I think getting them around your kids is the most important. They're your best recruiters because they know, they know the culture you're building in your program. One of the things is I'm going to back uh, Coach Sider up. Uh, they There was a jamboree in Palm Beach a couple the last time they allowed coaches to come down in the spring. And I think it started at like nine in the morning, 10 in the morning at Palm Beach Lakes. And he was the last one to leave. I could tell you, I, th I think he had like two young coaches that followed him around from like lesser, some uh, FBS colleges. And I think they were like, holy crap, this guy won't leave. I, I, we want to get out of there. So I know, but you know, coach, one of the things I wanted to bring up one last thing on the recruiting side. And I think what makes you such a great recruiter and also, I know when I dealt with Demo is something I respected is that you guys, when you recruit, you don't care that you go one for five if that one guy 
is that elite player. You're willing to go, hey, I went one for five. You know, some recruiters want to go five for five or they got to they it's it's they don't want to go after those big fish that you got to fight for. What tell the audience a little bit about why it's important for you got to go after just those type of kids that you, you you're willing to go one for five and fight for them and why it's so important for your program. Well, I think, you know, you, you got to be careful stretching yourself too thin, right? Because if you give, if you don't give enough attention, you're going to lose them all, right? So you got to find out, okay, who can I give more attention to? Who can I give less attention to, right? Because if, you, if what happened in, it takes a guy like me or a guy like Demo who's going to find out that one kid that he know he can get close with and win, right? I mean, I'll give you an example right here, Fish. You remember this? Javon Durant, Calvin Ridley, all those kids came out at one time, right? And this before Calvin, I think I was the first one off with Calvin now when he was at uh, Monarch. But I knew he was going to blow up, and I had a good relationship with all those kids down there. But Javon, I had an even better relationship because Antonio Brown played with me at West Virginia. So I knew what I need to make sure I get more attention to. And also, you know, you, you got to be smart. I was at West Virginia. I'm going to battle Alabama head to toe for all these kids. So who can I really win with? And so I made sure I won him. I won his family over. And I knew I had the blessing of his coach. And that made a big difference on us winning that kid. You know, same with Gino. Everybody just felt like Damon Cogdell helped us with Gino. He did. But also, we paid enough attention to Gino that it made a big difference because what helps us there is Alabama had just signed the kid Star Jackson that I coached yep. at late work the yep. year before. And I was like, damn, he can go to Alabama, but Star's already there. And why was in two of us, two of the kids that we both coached to the same place in battle? And so we was able to get Geno at West Virginia. So I think you just gotta be smart, man. And you gotta know, and you every coach know, right? You can sit here and act proud all you want. None of us wanna lose. That's what makes us who we are, right? Recruiting is just like winning the game. But you also got to know where you winning and where you losing it, right? That's why you you, you, you got to have a game plan and, and, and being smart enough to, okay, cut ties and not being afraid to say you lost in that situation. You didn't lose in that situation. You won because you got smarter and you went to guy went to win and got the guy you knew you can go get in that situation. Coach, I, uh, you know, in 2017, you came over to the University of Florida with Coach McElwain. And I remember Fish and I talking about this, like, oh, wow, Sider's in Florida now. This thing's about, you know, it's over. Basically, it was like, it's over. You got to, you know, he's back at the, you know, he's in a spot where you can pretty much recruit anybody you want in the state that you love to recruit in. You were, you only ended up there a year. And, you know, obviously, it was a coaching change. Different things happened. Were, were you a little surprised that your tenure in Florida lasted a year? Did you look at it as sort of, you know, this is coaching. This is what, you know, you got, like you said, you got to adapt, you got to adjust. And obviously you're in a great position now, but there were guys like me who thought when you got the job at Florida that, you know, you were just going to be, that that was, that was going to be it, that you were just going to be the, the monster recruiter the Gators have been looking for for a long time. And you did a great job there, but again, it only lasted a year. Yeah, I was, um, I was surprised, Corey, just like everybody else was. I mean, Mac had just won the two SEC's championships. Um, never my wildest dream. I thought I was going year three and we'd be only be there for a year. Um, so I was ex super excited to be, be part of the staff to be, to be home and go to recruit Florida the way I felt like Florida needed to be recruited. Not just in the state of Florida. I mean, people know I left out of Florida. I went and got Kyle Pitts for him. So, um, 
we had, and I almost had Justin Fields. I mean, it, it was exciting time. You know, we had, we had at that time before we got fired, uh, we had the number one class in the country. Yeah. People forget. I mean, we had a lot of guys: Tyree Stevenson, Frank Latson, Matt Corral. We had a bunch of guys that was, you know, the who's who of college football. You know, let's not forget LSU best wide receiver was committed to us at the time. Um, so it, it was shocking, you know, to only be there for for a year. You know, I was fortunate enough. I had an opportunity to stay, you know, with Mullins. You know, just sometimes you just, it's timing. You know, you see you see all your guys, the guys you got close with get fired and let go. Um, the emotional roller coaster, um, not knowing how you're going to fit. You know, I felt like, I felt like where I was at in my career, you know, I didn't want to go backwards. You know, I felt not only does it, I thought I was a good recruiter, but also felt like I was a good coach. I didn't know how I fit on that tree with Mullins. Like, you know what I mean? Just, it's some things that happen, you know, some, some shake up. And I respect the guy for bringing his staff. You know, I do, you know, and, and, and it just, it didn't feel right. You know, I felt like me getting a fresh start, that guy coming here, bringing his staff, uh, Knox and all those guys and let him do what he want to do was important. You know, my deal was just let me know up front on where we at with everything. You know, and like I said, I never had to look for a job. That was the first time I actually had to, you know, I put myself out. And it was amazing the response when I let myself be open to some different things. You know, I had an opportunity to go to NFL, had a bunch of more college opportunities, but I just felt like, you know, the timing with Penn State and getting to be around James and I knew a bunch of guys on the staff that I was close friends with made a lot of sense. And, you know, I took the leap of faith, you know, to, to come up here at Penn State. Um, and it was hard, you know, Gainesville was special to us. You know, my kids, when they got down there and went to school and got part of that community, man, they really fell in love with it. Cause we thought we, you know, we bought a house soon as we got down. It's like, all right, we're going to plant our seeds here. And we, we're going to, we're going to get Florida back to where it should be compete for a championship. So, you know, we, we dived in, we worked our tail off, we hit it, hit the ground running, just didn't have the success we were supposed to have that year. So it was unfortunate, but, uh, Florida always holds a special place, special place for me growing up in Belgrade. Everybody in my high school went to Florida. I think I broke it when I left and went to West Virginia. So um, a lot of respect for that program and the people that run that program. Coach Sider, one last thing I'm going to go over. You look at your career trajectory and, and as you know, you're a position coach now. Back a long time ago, you had to be an OC or a DC to get a head coaching job. You look at Coach Huff, he went to, from Alabama, he's now coaching at Marshall as a head coach. You look at Mario Cristobal, he, was, he wasn't he was a coordinator. Dabo Swinney, these guys have had success. Like, does, like, as far as you becoming a head coach, does that, does that, is that something, of course, I've, I'm, I'm sure you want, but, you know, like, does that give you hope that you have a chance of getting there quicker than having to force yourself into taking a coordinator job that maybe you don't want to take or take less money. Do you feel like that opportunity will be there for you soon? Because I mean, you, you hope so fish, you know, be more contested is to, you just try to do the best job you can and represent yourself the right way. I'm being hyper, trying to be a guy that be high production, low maintenance, you know, and that's not just with myself, but with my players. Um, I think it's so overrated that people got to say you got to be a coordinator to be a head coach. That, 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 that's, that's, that's the biggest folktale out there. Your best leaders are sometimes your best recruiters because what a head coach do, he lead people, right? He go out there and engage the community. He go engage the alumni network. Urban Meyer wasn't on the OC either, arguing one of the best head coach to ever do it. So I, it just, it just, sometimes I think people throw stuff out there to use excuses to give good coaching. <laughs> You know, in my opinion, you don't have to be a 
coordinator to, 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 to say you be a head coach. And most coordinators, all they want to do is call plays. They don't want to be a head coach. They don't want to be in a position where they'll lead people. Um, and it's a lot of great assistant coaches that's not coordinators. Right. You don't you don't think Demo can go call it. You don't think I can go call it. Play quarterback. I mean, I've been calling him my whole life from the quarterback position. Um, so, I mean, I just think it's everybody need opportunity. Right, is who who's willing to get that person opportunity, you know, and 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 again, it goes back to how, treat people how you want to be treated. I think those things come back up on you, and um, it's it's changing now. I do think the game is changing a little bit more now. They are giving assistant coaches more opportunity, and and where they get the names from, I don't know. I mean, you see guys getting jobs, it's like, woo. I mean, you just don't know. Like everybody got this had a of how things supposed to be and how they supposed to go. So um, I do think it's better now though, Fish, where you get, you're seeing good assistant coaches getting those opportunities, they're doing a great job running with them. Hey, I'm gonna start a consulting firm uh, and I'll put your name out there. I believe you deserve the opportunity to be a head coach. But the thing is, if I help you get that job, I better be that first call to help you in recruiting because I, you know, I wanna help you build something special wherever you go. So I'm just telling you right now, I wanna be your recruiting coordinator. You know, we got a relationship that goes way beyond coaching college football. So that, that would never change. All right, man. Well, Coach, I just want to say it was a pleasure having you on. Pleasure talking to you. I always respect great recruiters and knowledge of the game. And you're definitely one of those guys. And like you said, to be a head coach is nothing more than making tough decisions, dealing with controversy, being able to do that, and then manage a football team and everything else that goes along with it. And, I, and, I, and you don't have to be a coordinator to do that. You can have a reputation as a, as, as a great recruiter or whatever it may be of building young men, bringing them together and helping them be successful. And that's really what it's all about. But I wish you the best down the line. I hope to get out there to see a game again this year. And man, it was great just chopping it up with you and, and the knowledge that you have, especially being from the state of Florida, man. I love it. You never have to convince me about Florida ever, ever. I appreciate you, Demo. You got it, man. Cool. I, just want, I just want to know your aging secrets. Huh? I, I saw on there you said you were 43. You look like you're about 24. I just want to know how, you do, how you're aging backwards. I just want you to, whatever you're doing, give it to me. You know, just, just, send, just send it to me on send it to me on Twitter or something. I just, that's all I want to know. It's the mug jeans, man. We're different. Yeah. Out. <laughs> <laughs> it's that water, it's what, that water in the lake, man. Yeah, we drink that water, a little muck in the waters. Oh, <laughs> uh, Coach, we know you are a – you know, you are very present on social media. The one thing we want to do is tell, is, is give all the uh, fans and prospects that are listening, you know, what the social media accounts you on or what your handles are. Well, I'm on, uh, I'm on all of them. I mean, you don't, you don't recruit the way we do and not be on uh, all of them. So Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, hell, even, I'm even on TikTok now. So I'm on all of them. So if it's a social media out there that can help us get a kid, I'm on it. Yeah, I follow you on Instagram. See a lot of pictures of your beautiful family. So, absolutely great Instagram follow. Oh man, he's dancing and singing now. Oh man, he's he's got it all down. <laughs> well, Coach Sider, we appreciate you coming. I tell you, when I tell you this was official agreement, this was a high fan request. There were a lot of people that really wanted to hear from you and hear you speak about you know your career and your secrets of your success. So we. Really appreciate you coming on the FishCast and spending some time with us. We know, uh, I think it's the 25th, things open back up. So we know you got a big weekend, probably back up there at Happy Valley. So, uh, you know, we're going to continue to follow your career and just wish you a ton of success. I appreciate you guys, man. I'm just trying to 
trying to make our people back home proud of us, man, to get these kids hope and anything, man. It's give them opportunity, man. That that this game of football provide us to, to go get a kid out of Bell Glade, to to get put them on a put them at a place like Penn State. And, and not that you just got to be a player, you can do it coaching too, man. And just and I hope I'm I hope I'm motivating somebody else to to maybe follow my footstep and and maybe give back to the community and that, not just my community, but I, I I consider all Florida my community, you know, being a Florida kid. So I appreciate you guys for having me on, man. It's good to see familiar face, Fish. Demo, Corey, you always done a great job of promoting the kids. Um, and, and thank the world, you guys, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Well, I, I got my list all the way through 2025 going, all eighth and ninth graders. So I, I'll get, since you weren't able to come down the last two springs, I'll send you some good stuff, man. Look for my emails ASAP. Please. All right. <laughs> I'll do that. Well, you have a great day, man. I appreciate you coming on. So. Yes, ladies right. and gentlemen, appreciate it, Coach. Gawad Cider. Thank you very much, Coach. You got it right, finally, Corey. It took an hour. <laughs> I, I got it right. I, you know. Hey, Corey, everybody, everybody need a little cider in their life, man. <laughs> it's all I drink. I have an angry orchard every day. Keeps the doctor away. <laughs> Take it easy, Coach. All right, all right. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.